0: I think every single brand is going to need to have some sort of social impact initiative some sort of purpose-driven act- activity going on at their brand or they're going to be falling behind they're going to be extinct
1: welcome to uptech report this is our applied tech series uptech report is sponsored by teraleap learn how to leverage the power of video at teraleap.io Today, I'm joined by my guest, Andrew Foreman, who's based in New York. He's the founder and CEO at Gives. Welcome, Andrew. Good to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Now, Gives is a donation-driven marketing platform. Help me understand, Andrew, What was the? what is the problem that you guys solve?
0: Yep. So there's actually two problems. First one is that brands are trying to get away from discounts as much as possible. And the second problem is that brands want to weave in social impact in a genuine and authentic way, but that's really difficult.
1: (laughs) So let's go back now. That's what you do right now, but was it day one? That's what you turned on, said, this is what we're doing. Let's go back where this whole idea started. Not at all. In fact, in fact, this wasn't
0: even my idea, which you'll, which you'll find out shortly. Um, We, I mean, we, it was in the sense that we, Started out to build a Venmo for charitable giving, which was actually solving a completely different problem of trying to mm-hmm. democratize giving and being able to be a direct consumer brand that people could actually donate to any charity in America in three seconds flat from any device. That type of deal, try to take the payment friction out of um, you know out of charitable giving, uh, and that was the initial place where Gives was born. And this is nearly four years ago now, which is crazy.
1: 20. 17 right that 2017
0: happened. yeah so it's over 4 years ago i guess now jeez um, and and that is that's something that's that's wild i didn't i we we sort of launched the company at that point in time you know, we hadn't raised any money. I was like thinking about it. I was finishing up school. Um, and and so I say I was full time. But if you're
1: in school and doing it, I wasn't really full time. Really? <laughs>
0: were,
1: were you just like always interested in giving like like the, the nonprofits? And that's why you got to the, the the Venmo of of nonprofits and giving?
0: Great question. So I'll take I'll go back just a little bit to give you a bit of insight into myself and my high school version of myself. So now we're going back decades. Um, I I had a very serious high school girlfriend. We would argue about one thing and one thing only. We had a really good relationship, but the only thing we'd argue about is how do you have a bigger impact? Do you graduate from college and go into the Peace Corps and volunteer and and clearly have an impact that way? Or do you go graduate college, become an investment banker, make enough money to fund the Peace Corps, right? Which was my argument. (laughs) And I thought, You know, obviously, this is a way bigger impact that can send many volunteers there. If I just go volunteer, that's only one. That's only one thing. And and we were seventeen and trying to figure out, you know, how to save the world. You obviously need both sides of that coin. You need the person who's going to go do this. You need the person who's going to fund it. as a quick side note, I, I went into investment banking. I realized very quickly that I was not going to be, make enough money to fund the Peace Corps or anything even close. So instead I, I did start a nonprofit to have some actual impact. Um, but she went straight into the Peace Corps right after she graduated college and then we never spoke again. But that was the, um, you know, that was the impetus of, of this whole thing. And it's kind of been woven throughout my life. Um, and, and, and as I started that nonprofit, I was the treasurer of the nonprofit, we collected very minimal amounts of money throughout the year. But in every time I ran a bar fundraiser, or we did something to collect, you know, even small dollar amounts, people were Venmoing me instead of using our website, people would say, you know, your website stinks, they wouldn't say it that nicely. Um, and, and I just thought, wow, how is it possible, you know, Then I think about this for the better part of a decade and I'm at business school and they're asking me, what am I going to do with this one and precious life? And I said, you know, it's crazy that I can Venmo my friend 30 bucks for a hamburger and fries and a beer, but I cannot send $30 to the Red Cross in 30 seconds or less. I'd have to go to the website. I have to type in name, address, credit card, name of firstborn child and everything else that you have to put in there. And I just... I just thought that we could we could solve that problem. So that was the initial thought process, and, and it's been a long journey, just as I've been long-winded here um, to, to get to where we are.
1: It's fascinating. I appreciate the the, the you and your high school girlfriend of different approaches and you kind of circling back-ish in a capitalistic way to help nonprofits to do it. But you go into creating gives, try to create this Venmo mentality, but profitability wise the business model what was that first like did it it start clicking like it was interesting when i
0: first did it i thought the fees that um that some of these platforms were taking were high i i tried to take the lowest fee possible and then i realized that if if it's if it's a venmo for charitable giving that you're trying to create and just like gofundme has basically mastered this ask for tips people are already in the charitable giving mood they're they're donating their own hard cash. They don't want you to take any fees out of their do- own donated hard cash. Um, but they will. But they will tip you. So so we actually found that business model to be working. But the acquisition side of of getting people to install an app to be able to donate to any charity in America was a higher hill than I was able to climb, mm. or than I wanted to climb. And then what ultimately happened was two brands came to me and said, "Hey." And this is where this wasn't exactly my idea, but they came to me and said, Hey, Andrew, can we, instead of giving a discount, give people credit on the Gives platform to be able to donate to any charity that they want? But this way they buy at full price, they're incented to buy at full price, and now we can support the exact charity that they want to support because we have thousands, if not millions, of customers. And they all care about different things. So let's let them choose. Let's give them credit on your platform and they can choose whatever they want to give to. We trust them. And I was like, that actually sounds pretty awesome. Let's test it out. And so we tested it out. One of the companies ran a Facebook ads campaign. They took the last sentence of their Facebook ad. They changed nothing nothing about the creative, nothing about the first sentence. The second sentence, instead of saying, sign up now and get $50 off, said, sign up now and we'll give you $30 to give to a charity of your choice. Why didn't they test 50 and 50? I don't know, but they tested $50 off versus $30 to give to charity. And the $30 to give to charity saw a 20% better conversion rate. So right then and there, I was like, this is what we do now. This is a full on <laughs> pivot. Yeah. I had to go back and tell, tell the team, this is it. And and we saw the same results with a, an email AB test with another company. And and that sealed it.
1: Let's before, cause I do want to come back to that and dive in a bit more of them, where you are now and where you guys are headed. But 2017, you start sort of full-time, sort of not exploring this, doing this. Are you a technical guy? Did you build this yourself? Did you find another co-founder to help build it?
0: No, that's a great question. So I do have a co-founder. Neither of us are technical. It's a classic mm-hmm. sob story. Um, and we did just bring in a technical co-founder Um Earlier this year, uh, to really once we found this product market fit and now blast this forward, you do need that technical piece. Obviously, something you read about and hear about all the time. One hundred percent true. Um, on on our side, we did find a an initial tech partner who was who was fantastic. We went through a ton of um, a ton of churn with with various initial founding CTO types. Uh, and and have all the scars and battle wounds and stories from that. Uh, But we eventually found somebody great.
1: So just staying on there for a moment, because I imagine there's a lot of people who have great ideas and they're not technical founders. And they're like, how do I get it off the ground? And what If you had to pick one lesson learned of who to partner with, who to not do, what to look for, and being able to build that first uh, MVP and get it launched, what comes to your mind? I mean, I think the number one lesson is that you actually need less tech
0: to prove your concept than you think. So the Venmo for charity, for example, I got got this offer, uh, or not offer, I got this advice from somebody once, and they said, don't build any tech to test it out. And I was like, that's crazy. How could I possibly do that? And he was like, well, email all your friends and tell them anytime they want to make a donation, instead of donating, just email you their credit card and tell you to do it. And then you just go make the donation for them. And I was like, that's crazy. Like they'll never like, actually they probably would email me their credit cards. Like, I don't even know, but like definitely not legal. Definitely not like like PCI compliant in the least. But I wish I went and did that because I think I would have known that, at that moment in time, people aren't donating very often. So <laughs> building a demo for charity, what is this guy? This guy's going to email me once a, once a quarter to, to say that, that's, that, he wants, that he wants to do that. Um, and I think you learn a lot of stuff. And maybe that's not the best example. I think I probably could have built some other MVP that was slightly less crazy than that. But the idea is there, right? Which is test this as much as you can without building any tech and try to, try to get an MVP that doesn't, that doesn't need a huge build associated with it.
1: Powerful realization of everything is testing. And and this whole pivot is actually based off of someone testing something and you seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, This, this idea of um, knowing uh, when to pivot Would, would, if you go back to yourself Aside from testing earlier, is there anything else you would have gone and told yourself that, that like, just educate yourself that what, something you know now that you didn't then? I think trusting your gut is also something that
0: that I didn't fully appreciate. Right, you know when something's not working, whether it's a hire, whether it's your business, whether it's something like that. You know, you know when it's not working, and mm. and trust that gut. And and I found that when you get to the point of of no return that's that's when you problem solve and you get there and you say like hey like let's just say this hire is not working out and so you you think it's a gut you, uh, from a gut level you're like this hire is not working out but maybe it still could maybe if i did a little bit better at managing and and this kind of stuff you know but then once it once it becomes so blatantly obvious that this is not working then you're like okay we need to fire this person or we need to do something and and we need to get rid of them i think that once you get to that realization, I just would like to get to that realization quicker. And that's something that I've been working on ever since. And if I had known earlier on, I I think that would help me. That would also help me in the pivot and and try to test things faster. But like, hey, this wasn't working. Great. It's not working. So what do we do? Do we shut it down? Do we pivot? What do we do? But once
1: you you need to get to
0: that place quicker.
1: Mm -hmm. What year uh, was it? Was it it was fairly recently this pivot has happened. Was it last year or? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I guess I've
0: been saying a year and a half now for a little while. It was basically end of 2019. So almost, almost two years now. So 2017, we sort of start 2018 was really when we started to build stuff. Um, And, and so we built all the pipes to be able to get this going. And then I'd say 2019 was the year, you know, we took six months from the end of 2018, the middle of 2019 to see like hey we we spent some real dollars we we raised uh, uh an movie? initial round oh, you did do a we, did, we raised an initial round uh, oh, a right. very small you know uh, friends and family i guess as they call it yeah. um so we raised raised around there to really push and say like hey we're never going to know if this is going to work we have we have the product built but like will people download an app to donate to a charity of their choice and, and have that live as a separate social media piece. Um, and so we spent some real advertising dollars to, to, to find out, no, the, 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 the unit economics of that don't really work, at least not the way we were doing it. So um, that was the decision point. And I remember kind of summer of 2019 thinking, okay, what do we do here? Um, and, yeah. and I was thinking about companies. And I knew there was a big opportunity there. And we had this great tech stack that we could deploy in a whole host of different ways. And then when those two companies came to me and said, hey, we want to try something for the holiday season for 2019. I said, great, let's let's do it. Um,
1: and so those <laughs>
0: as soon as those went well, the, the full build was on. And did, uh, yeah.
1: Did you have those relationships already with those companies like were did or after no, it was you were reaching out?
0: It was after that realization and I was reaching out. So I spent the summer of 2019 reaching out to companies saying, Hey, I think there's, there's something here. I don't exactly know what it was. And, and so, um, one of them, I reached out to the PR person. I knew a PR person at, at a, at a, at a company, like really our first, our first client and they, and she said, yeah, this is super interesting to us. We would love to like test, get rid of the discount and test a, a donation incentive instead. Um, And and then the other one actually was an intro through my wife. Always gotta gotta plug that. She she crushed it. Um. So so they both took a chance, and and the results were spoke for themselves.
1: This uh, you you give yourself a little too little credit. Then you say wasn't even your idea, but you you were already headed in that direction. It was just confirming. But so after that was like a three month, four month period of of starting to search, and then you get them and you test it. That's that's right. And, and so I get them, I test, them. I didn't know exactly how it
0: was going to look. And this was actually, I, I did at least learn from myself. So we didn't build a whole new product for them, right? Like we kept the app. And so they, and, and, and they first ran this, they said, you know, sign up now, get $30 to give to a charity of your choice. Then they sent those people that signed up and emailed and said, hey, here's your $30 to give to a charity of your choice. You got to download an app and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so that was actually a disastrous <laughs> Right. User experience. No one wanted to actually like go through that and then like, you know, and get complaints there. So we had to actually like so that proved the concept for us, though. We knew we knew that one companies wanted to do this, and we had other companies trying to trying to do this as well. And we're like, okay, we're really on to something here. Two, the customers were pissed off about that, about that service. So that that again, I could have taken that as a bad thing, but it was a great thing to me because people actually wanted to wanted to donate the money. So we we sh- we shut down for a little bit <laughs> and said, we need to build a new product here, but based on our existing rails, which was extremely, extremely helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then we really came back out April of 2020. And that's like when when I think the full pivot was on. How did the pandemic
1: affect or not affect you guys?
0: Man, so... I think it affected us positively in a number of ways. It affected us negatively in one big way. We had a huge contract um, with with H&M. H&M right before, uh, before, you know, we were supposed to be in every single store, 564 stores or something like that across the United States, as well as online, Um, you know, signage, everything. It was going to be very cool. Spend 60 bucks, get $10, give to Cherry Choice. We still ran something for Earth day and, and earth week and earth month with them. And they were our first big, you know, really big customer. And they, they really set the stage for, for, for what we're doing now. So forever grateful to them. and And we're still in communication and talks with them about signing something bigger here, but the, and now stores reopened for them. But that really was was a tough blow for me. I was getting ready to video, every, trying to visit as many of these stores as possible, whatever I could do um, to, to make this happen. So the pandemic really put the kibosh on the in-store capability there. But online is really where we're focused anyway. We do have capabilities for in-store and online. But um, with the partnership with Shopify right now, in, uh, online is, has been fantastic.
1: So speaking of that, uh, of rolling it out online, your, um, uh, focus of going forward, uh, your focus on enterprise mid-market, like for those in small businesses, like, do you want everyone to have access to this? The whole
0: goal at the end of the day is every, this should be table stakes. And I fundamentally believe it will be table stakes for every retailer selling anything to anybody, even services, selling services to somebody instead of doing like as just as Discounts are basically ubiquitous. I think we could even be more ubiquitous because there are non-discount brands, whereas I don't think there are going to be brands that don't have any social thoughts whatsoever. I think every single brand is going to need to have some sort of social impact initiative, some sort of purpose-driven activity going on at their brand, or they're going to be falling behind. They're going to
1: be extinct. What can you see? Because I'm sure you are paying attention as far as the competition out there. What are the options, and what are people looking? At? How are you? How are you different? Yeah, the
0: space is totally heating up. Uh, there's there's a ton of folks playing in the cause marketing space. I think you you started to see even as 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 far back as 10 years ago, employee giving start to be a huge huge deal, and I think that's now kind of reached that point where almost every Every large company has a matching program or something of, of the like, right? And so I think the natural extension of this is to be able to do this. You, of course, care about your employees. You also really care about your customers. So you're going to need to be able to provide something like this for your customers. What, what shape and form does it take? Who knows? Everybody's out there guessing at it. There's a ton of companies popping up in a lot of different places. I think we're unique in that we can, we've found a model where you can drive sales in the short run. Mm. while building your brand for the long term. And I don't think, you know, rounding up your change is having its moment. And I'll never speak badly of something that's sending money to charity. And those things those programs really do send a lot of money to charity and I love them for it. But I don't think the value prop there is is there long term where somebody mm. says to themselves, "Oh, this company made it easy for me to donate 37 cents to a charity that they chose, that the company chose." Um I love this company. <laughs> like, I just don't think that that, val- and, and even if uh, it's not, it's certainly not driving the sale right now. They're not, they're not advertising saying, Hey, buy these, you know, Allbirds shoes and you're going to be able to donate 47 cents. Like that's not, it's not a clear value prop to me. I think that that's what makes us different. It's the,
1: is it the ability for the customer to choose where it's going, you think is, is one of the main power points? I think it's that combined
0: absolutely that combined with real dollar amounts and and like a promo esque it does i don't want to say it's promo feeling because i i I think the customer consumer psychology around this is is different than anything we've really seen, so you take that three hundred dollar pair of shoes that you want to buy, but you're really guilty. And you're like, you know, do I really need this? And now it's like, Hey, well, if you buy it, you're going to get $50 to give to charity. It's like, all right, it's for charity. I got to do it. Um, and I think that that unlocking that piece of, in, in the consumer's brain, I think is something that we are uniquely positioned to, to hit.
1: Uh, uh, removing the guilty feeling from your purchases cuz you're doing good at the same time and the crazy part is you genuinely are doing good
0: right so i i love that it's that it's like unlocking this piece it's it's something that the the company is very happy because they didn't have to give the $50 discount they drove the $300 full of revenue the so it's genuinely a win for them even though they donate the $50 on the back end. Still better for them in every respect. They mm-hmm. they're not taking the brand hit, the the brand dilution that's associated with discounts. They're not training people the next time that person wants to buy a pair of shoes, they're not expecting it to be 250 instead of 300. It's mm-hmm. 300, the price is what it is. So the brand's certainly winning. The brand is also sending $50 to a charity that the person that I really really care about. I'm pumped because I got to buy the shoes guilt free. I also sent $50 to my my wife's cousin's charity. She thinks I'm a hero and now the charity's pumped because they got 50 bucks. It's one of the true win-win wins if we're an office fan that really can't can't be replicated.
1: When you think about your trajectory, um what what are you most excited about? Like what what is it that, you know, in the next six months, a year that you're working on the roadmap that, that just like gets you up and, and pumped? So we were just featured on the Shopify app store.
0: We're actually featured right now. Uh, and we were started to be featured two days ago. So we built this, uh, we got in some really great investors. They were like, hey, how do you not have a Shopify app? How are you not building this for scale? I was like, right, thanks. I need to know what I'm doing, but this is, this is great. And we are, you know, we have a, a Shopify app that people are, signing up for. We've even got some installs since we've been on this call. Um, And they are installing, setting up their campaigns, um, setting up not even just individual, like short-term campaigns, but actually evergreen campaigns that are going to last, you know, all year. And then they'll ramp it up during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. But they're setting all of this stuff up without talking to me. And that's something that we haven't experienced until we partnered with Shopify on this side of things. So that is what is exciting to me. The fact that we could have a thousand brands sign up tomorrow and the tech will hold up and, and customer service will hopefully hold up as well. But you're, you know, that, that we may need to hire up a bit for. But we're, we're really excited about that.
1: Speaking of uh, your team, how big is your team right now? So we are eight full-time people right now. Okay, so you, you're doing great things with a small team, but it's it's like hitting that that stride right now, being able to ready to go. And you just mentioned that you, you did raise uh, additional uh, funds just recently, right? Yes, so recently raised from uh, two, two awesome, and I can't
0: say enough good things about uh, TJ Mahoney at, at Accomplice. I believe he actually just put a post out that he's starting his own VC firm called Vinyl. Um if you get a chance to to meet him or speak with him, he is fantastic. And and same with Vic Singh over at Eniac. Uh, the folks at Eniac, there are four four partners there. They're all fantastic, um, but Vic in particular is an amazing person to work with. These guys, um, you know, they give they. Give, I feel like they give me superpowers. Um, it's it's absurd how helpful the introductions they make, their thought process on, they've just seen this over and over again. They, they, know, they know the playbooks, they know how it goes. Uh, there's nothing you can say that's going to scare them or shake them in any way, shape or form. They're just going to say, great, this is what you should do. Or don't listen to me because
1: you're the founder and you know what you should do. How did you, were you reaching out to folks about this? How, how did those relationships uh, come about? Yeah, we
0: we were going through that fundraising slog. So there were at least 50 folks that said, thanks, but no thanks to me uh, uh, at some some point along the journey. Um, I think that's something that any founder will tell you. You try to collect. I, I always, at this point, I'm like, it's a game of collecting no's. So try to collect 100 no's before you say, hey, uh, this is not this is not viable. Because it's it really does just take that one right person who, in my case, had invested in email marketing when it was just coming on the scene, had invested in SMS marketing when it was just coming on the scene, watched those companies go from $10 million valuations to $10 billion valuations. Um, and, and now donation-driven marketing is the next thing on the scene, obviously, in my opinion, and, and they share that. And that that in itself gives you, gives you new life, right? But if But if I'm talking to somebody who hasn't invested in those email marketing tools or those SMS tools they don't know what's next in marketing and they they it could be this could be could be something totally different and so they um you know they just weren't the right weren't the right fit and so i think we were reaching out to folks i did do a uh, an accelerator program through through hbs which was actually quite quite good we did a six-minute pitch and tj's partner at accomplice actually said hey this is amazing but TJ's the right guy. You, you just hadn't seen the right guy. And so I actually got put, put over to TJ from, uh, from his partner, from Sam. And, and that was the best intro. I actually should call Sam and thank him for, for that intro, because that was, um, that was game changing. And, and TJ had actually seen gives. This is actually funny. TJ had seen gives when we were Venmo for charity and he said, that's cool, I like Andrew maybe, but that's not going to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'd already known that, yeah. that business. Well, not no, not going to work.
0: Catch you, catch you in three years.
1: <laughs> yes. So, is there anything that you um, now have going gone through that slog um, that you would go back and tell yourself? Would you have done it differently, or it just it just what it's what you got to do?
0: Unfortunately, I think it's what you got to do. I hate that answer, but i i don't I don't know. I don't know that it, it could have been done differently. I could have gotten lucky earlier, but I don't think I don't think there's a way to manifest that.
1: It's just the the effort and time of of working to those relationships and talking the talking it up. The you as a as a leader of, of the of your of this business of this idea moving it forward. Um, I imagine your, your role and your activity has changed uh, over the past few years and will continue to change the, as the team grows. But I'm curious, is like, can you think of the most recent constructive feedback that someone gave you uh, that you had to take and, and it kind of like, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta change that. I'm, I'm changing. I'm improving as a leader, as a person.
0: That's a good question. I'm going to try to take, take a couple of seconds to think about that. I think, yes, I'm just trying to figure out which one do I, do I, do I talk about here? Um, I, I try to pride myself on being open and, and from, you know, when you're a seven, eight person, you know, all the way from, from three to eight people, it's still a pretty flat organization. Right. And I still want to cultivate that anytime you have constructive feedback, please do share. And, and I will, probably over index on it just because I want to encourage you to share those types of of feedback with me. Um, in terms of recently, what's like, what's the most recent thing that somebody said, Hey, you could be doing this a lot better. Um, man, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff. I think it's classic with, uh, with CTOs. And so, so your technical, technical co-founders and your non-technical co-founders, I think there's a good part of why you need somebody great on that side of things by your side is so that they can give you that constructive feedback and say, Hey man, you come off really disorganized on these team calls (laughs) and that's not good. (laughs) I'm like, okay, tell me more. Um, And he's like, you know, have a plan, take 10 minutes before the call and make sure, you know, you have everything you want to say, go through it once and, people will follow you to the end of the earth. You have that type of personality, but just make sure you have it all reined in in a tight package. (laughs) And I was like, great. He's like, and I can't do it. So he's not, he's, you know, I'm not throwing shade, but, but you, you can, you can do it and just take that, that five to 10 minutes of extra prep. I thought that was good. And I've been trying that and meetings have been going a lot better.
1: That's, that's a succinct, but powerful feedback of, be organized in, in, in your leadership and, and your actions. It's like yeah. to the point faster mm. for you. What, where do you go for your learnings? Like, is there any major books that I've, or, or podcasts or audio books or that you've read or listened to that have helped inspire you or, or helped you grow? That's a great question.
0: I immediately go. So, so the last book on tape that I listened to um, well, first of all, Dan Pelota, if you haven't watched that um, that TED talk, I, I think that was like the first thing that I saw that I was like, "This is like correct in the charity space." And you know, uh, I think that's amazing. I think things like you know the classics, like the the hard thing about hard things, from you know all, all the all the classic kind of stuff as well. You know, that's it is it is helpful to have that just reinforced, and 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 you listen to that. I think those are all very very good things.
1: Is there the, like a Oh, is there one that comes that you? About your I mind mean, there?
0: I, the most recent book I listened to on tape was, uh, green lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, yeah. It's like his basically autobiography, if you will. Um, and it's wild and I, I, I loved it. I thought it was, I mean, there are some things where I was just like, this guy is, is a nut job and I love it. And then there were other things where I was like, this guy is a nut job. And, uh, and I'm actually learning some, some, some cool stuff here. Um, I mean, he's chasing down, literally chasing down his dreams, going to going to Africa because he had a dream that he was in Africa floating down the river. And so he had to go live it. I mean, crazy stuff, but like interesting. And, and I feel like if you want to learn from it, you can. And he, and he, and he does a good job of joking about himself, but also bringing it back down to what you can take away from it. If, if you want to look that way.
1: As a tech leader, and always I'm sure paying attention to tech things, are there any like really simple or cheaper or or um, uh, helpful, but small work apps or or tools or things that you've come across and are like, oh, this is nice. this is cool. But the major investments, just simple ones that someone could go download or use or uh, has has helped you or as as an individual as a leader? Um, yeah, no, that's that's also another
0: very good question. I wish I had a better answer here. I don't know that there's anything. What do I use that truly helps in the day-to-day side of things? Like the things running through my mind immediately, like, okay, yeah, you need your Slack and your G Suite and all this kind of stuff. But like, what are the small investment items
1: that have a huge impact? I don't have a good
0: answer for you here on this one. Wish I did.
1: That's, that's all right. It's it's. I like to ask them, throw it out there, because sometimes there is, and sometimes there there isn't. If if you look ahead, though, into kind of where technology is going, when it comes to maybe e commerce or or, or or nonprofits, what if you had to make a prediction of of what we will see in five, ten years from now? Um, tech predictions. What what come? What would you say? What comes to your mind? I mean, I'm always thinking about that ease of ease of payment
0: piece, right? And so I do think this one click, you see something on Instagram or wherever you are um, and you want to buy it, you just click, you know, like, you know, hey, I like the shirt that guy's wearing, like done. Right. And, and it's, it's coming. That is coming. It has to be. Um, and I think in the next five to 10 years, it will, it will be that. And it will be, I like the shirt that guy's wearing. Oh, and I get $5 to give to charity when I do it. Great. Click. Um, and so I think that that is going to be a hundred percent something that, uh, mm. that is, is just out there. Um, this, this viable piece, I, I, I wonder about, you know, uh, virtual reality and how that's going to, going to come into, into play. Um, I, these, these, these fake worlds that, that kids are starting to live in. Uh, I just, I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to affect. I wonder about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I have two little ones and how, how much different, with the rate of change technology the way it is how much different are their lives going to be than ours are they going to go outside and run around in the backyard and play tackle football or are they going to do that virtually with goggles on i just i just don't yeah
1: yeah wild yeah <laughs> what does the future look like virtual or not or a combination of of of
0: yeah the two? yeah like is there is there some combination of this and they're actually running around with the with headset on outside and it's a good thing and i don't know i just don't know uh
1: i i whenever i look at it it's like it's usually a combination of however we the worst you think of the best thing somehow uh the the two together uh for for you um is there is there a type of technology that you just love it or fascinated with or like man i would totally get that like if you if you could have or, or maybe another way to say is futuristic tech sci-fi tech that could exist right now just for fun um uh, what would you want
0: yeah i would love to so i played division three college football um i always always since the beginning of time my time at least uh wanted to play in the nfl so if there's some way that like i could be put into the nfl in two ways one like first of all make me like an nfl caliber player which i'm clearly not that would be cool. And I would love to like experience that and see, and like, Oh wow, I can jump this high or do this. That would be very cool. Uh, run this fast. Or I'd also love to see like how I'd stack up just as I am now getting smoked by these NFL players. Um, and how much slower I am and how, and and like how, like, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I could catch that. And it's like, actually, it would be great if I could replay that play and like go see if I could have actually caught that. Um, that would be super, super interesting to me. Sorry for the weird answer, but that's just what came to my mind. That's that's okay. my heart of hearts right there.
1: I, I love it too. I dig it. So uh, coming back to uh, Gives, um, you, we had talked a little bit beforehand. Uh, in this whole plan and just kind of circling back to the name itself, you mentioned the domain name. Um, that's always a fun thing, try to get a good domain name. How did, how did you uh, get the domain name? Yeah, and for those
0: that, are not sure about they're not domain experts four letter domains are hard to come by so givz.com was parked bought and parked um which i'm not sure if if you're not familiar with that that means somebody bought it and they're just holding on to it and warehousing it but there's nothing actually on that site so basically you go there and they're like all right make make me your best offer um they're buying it so that somebody's going to want it in the future and and they hold it so very tangential side note We once, uh, back in my investment banking days, sold a company where somebody had bought in the early, early days out of his grandma's basement, AA.com, AB.com, AC.com, all the two-letter domains. And then when you think about that, American Airlines, they are going to want AA.com and you're going to make a boatload of money. And this guy did. So um, the... Even even four letter domains that have some semblance of a word are are super tough to come by. So I when I looked up gives.com, saw it was parked. You could look up on the Whois database. Um you can just Google Whois database and and see who owns these things. And so I saw a woman own this in Canada. I emailed her, you had her email address. I emailed her. This was when I was still at school. I emailed her to no response. For at least three months then she i sent i sent her i tried to be respectful and just do like one email a month like hey i'm building this company it's in the social good space um you know i own get and i own gives.io but i would love to own gives.com and uh i see you have it parked so I would love to just hop on the phone tell you what we're doing and and my hope was that i could get her on the phone and she'd love me so much that she'd just give it to me right so i i i tried that and she after 3 months so three emails one email a month she finally did respond she wrote back in all caps make me your best offer <laughs> And so I'm like, all right, I don't know how much these things go for. I had one investor or potential investor who was going to say like, I'll put up 25K like this. You, you need the domain. Like that, that's what that's what you need. I think she should sell for that. But at the same time, and I was like, okay, I don't know. And if she's listening, you might've been able to have 25K, but probably not. I um, I <laughs> I did then say, no, please, can we get on the phone? And we went back and forth over email. She said, tell me more about what you're doing. And we went back and forth for another four months. So seven months in total before finally she called me on a Tuesday morning at like 8am. We talked for two hours and she ended the, she ended the call with, you know, things were going well, I thought. And she said, all right, Andrew, where are you spiritually? And I was like, I don't know how to answer that question. So I started talking about how my parents raised me to do the right thing. And I don't know, I'm not like super, I don't do like a ton of meditating or yoga or anything, but like, I want to, but she said, stop babbling. I'm gonna send you the GoDaddy codes today. You get it. Like I, I, I was a you're lucky, lucky as hell. Better be lucky than good. I was a, a hardened marketer who's just buying up four-letter domains. I thought this one was interesting years ago, forgot I owned it, and um I'm gonna give it to you. And if you want me to help you on SEO uh consulting, I can do that as well. I was like, I would love to. And she's like, and and I and and, and I insist. Don't pay me just, you know, uh, I, I want this to exist in the world. And that was back when it was a memo for charity. And so I owe her a ton uh, and, and just one of the many people that, that
1: make this journey interesting along the way. It's <laughs> awesome. Awesome story. And, and um, it's just, it was the beginning of the journey and so much more to now to happen as, as you continue to, to go forward. This has been awesome, Andrew. Those that want to learn more about Gives, now you know what the domain is and the story behind it. G-I-V-Z for uh and be able to explore it more. They're on Shopify now. Thank you for your time, Andrew. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Updick Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.